Welcome everyone to Rock Buzz, coming to you from Ocean Pines, Maryland. My name is Sherry Clifford, and I am here along with my co-host Amy Peck. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the views of the Ocean Pines Association or others. We are not affiliated, nor are we endorsed by the Ocean Pines Association. The Ocean Pines ROC was started about two years ago with a private Facebook group and has now grown to almost 3,000 members and continues to grow daily. Our mission is to bring factual information and news to the residents of Ocean Pines and its surrounding areas. You can join our Facebook group by searching for Ocean Pines ROC or find us on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to look for the official ROC logo. Our website is oceanpinesroc.com and our email address is info at oceanpinesroc.com. Today we're talking about the changes ahead with the upcoming Board of Directors election now in full swing, along with a year-end review of what the current board majority has accomplished. Yes, there are many good things happening on the operations side, and residents owe our general manager, John Viola, and his operations team a debt of gratitude. The financials are looking strong, and the ROC will continue to report updates as we focus on our amenities, too. As everyone hopefully knows, we now have three spots and four candidates. The third-place winner will serve out the remaining one year of Frank Daly's term. The following year, that seat and Rick Farr's seat will be open. With the present board, there has been a clear board majority with Doug Parks, Rick Farr, Stuart Lackernick, and Monica Rakowski in agreement. Some people have noted that with the votes, there seems to be little discussion and the appearance that decisions have been made ahead of our board meetings. So let's take a minute to review what the board might look like. Well, from the looks of it, two other Facebook groups appear to be endorsing Elaine Brady, Jerry Murphy, and possibly John Latham. For those looking for more information regarding the forum, check out the ROC's Facebook group, where you will find prepared forum transcripts and our previous podcast covering the forum and where you can also learn about each of the candidates and what they bring to our community. Now let's take a look at what we think this board majority has done or not done since September of 2022. Their first order of business was to set up board meetings on the third Saturday each month. In viewing the organizational meeting in September of 2022, it is clear to us that this was done as a convenience to the board majority members that are part-time residents or still working. They disregarded the attendance data collected by the prior board secretary or the fact that this decision causes staff to have to work on a Saturday and a very busy day for operational staff at our amenities. They disregarded the parking situation and room availability as well. In addition, the schedule unfortunately means that most of the time the board meetings are not after the 13th business day of the month, so only flash financial numbers are presented in the GM's report. Also in September, the board approved the new golf cart expenses and repair replacement of the marine gas line. Now in the October board meeting, the board president promised one or two town halls. There was a discussion to have a town hall highlighting what Ocean Pines offers but as of today, there has only been one town hall with a Jenkins update. It was suggested to the board of directors that the Route 90 project would be a good town hall topic. And since this did not take place, the ROC dedicated podcast number five to the Route 90 project. 
The communications committee wished to have one regarding electric signs. Another possible topic could be about the new fire department building, any capital campaign or fundraising, things like that. What looks to be the beginning of the board working with the Architectural Review Committee was to have voting and amenity rights be suspended if a homeowner had open violations. Residents might remember the ROC received a bit of flack for publishing some of these violations, which at the time only dealt with missing address signs in a very limited area of North Ocean Pines. And to be clear, these violations were already published on the OPA's website. It is noteworthy that as of... March 21st, 2023, owners' names are no longer listed on the ARC Committee report. Then in October 2022, mailbox repairs and mailbox replacements that was started and approved by the previous board continued with $150,000 being transferred from reserves for this project. What made the newspapers in October 2022 was that the entire election committee resigned and a new committee was quickly seated. The committee board liaison received all applications and immediately signed and approved them all by October 7th. The board goes back to a first-come, first-served basis for selection to committees, but then disregards that selection process later when it appoints someone else ahead of two previously received applications that were placed on hold should an opening in the future become available. Also in October, after I requested an update, we heard a brief update on the wastewater treatment facility. I have written asking for another update since Ocean Pines hasn't heard anything since we lost the May 23rd request for the Bay Restoration Fee Exemption and everyone's sewer bill went up by $15. Continuing on with the 2022 election, there was a special meeting in October where Frank Daly requested the election forensic audit. Board agrees to give the new election committee until January 1st, 2023, for them to do an audit, and if they cannot, to hire an outside company. Frank's motion is tabled until January 1 to see what happens. October also has this board holding their first of six closed meetings. In November meeting, we experience what I call the annual Gavin Knupp Award fiasco. And to make things worse for the Knupp family, it was shameful that a board majority member commented on social media that the family was using the death of Gavin as a money grab, using it to purchase new vehicle and trailer. And he was also worried about if sales tax was being collected and suggested that the Knupp Foundation needed to be audited. November also had a brief Route 90 project discussion, which resulted in a letter being sent out endorsing the Worcester Bike Coalition and efforts to make sure the project includes a bike lane, and the board agreed to form a work group. And let's not forget that in November, it was decided that residents now must show their membership cards in order to attend our monthly board meetings. December brings closed meeting number two, and the Ocean Pines Volunteer Fire Department work group gives a presentation. A grant writer was apparently hired, but we haven't seen any grant updates yet. A fundraiser was hired, but something happened and they quit or something. There's been no extra fundraising done. No capital campaigns or MOU update has been given. The work group discusses possible new building site next to the Taylor Blank and a whole new building. That seems to have gone away and the work group is back to to discussing the original spot. And the 2022 election fiasco continues. On the agenda was an election committee update that was taken off the agenda because the chair was sick. The vice chair, Elaine Brady, who is now a candidate, 
was not in attendance, so no updates or reports were presented. Frank Daly did comment that the election committee report, which he apparently had a copy of, says the report does not answer the questions raised by him for a forensic audit. January brings us closed meeting number three and the annual budget review. Recommendations are given by the committees, including budget and finance. There is also an open meeting for public comment regarding the budget. We note that some budget recommendations, like raising membership rates, are ignored. The January board meeting has revisions to resolutions. One of these is MO2 regarding amenity policy. Doug Park says he will get back to the board regarding his thoughts. February now brings closed meeting number four and a very sudden change at the February 18th meeting when, at the last minute, approving the budget is added to the agenda by Monica Rakowski. Daly and Horn oppose the budget. Then in the March board meeting, the board majority accepts the election committee's recommendations, but still no audit. Colette Horn and Steve Jacobs are opposed and Daly abstains. They get rid of electronic voting. Horn points out, and was reported in the newspaper that Tom Piotti, the new election committee chair, wanted to get rid of electronic voting before the new committee even had a chance to meet. In April, the meeting on April 15th, there's a discussion regarding the irrigation project for the golf course. Replacement is put off and repairs will be done. There is also a proposal for new legal representation. The police department defined contribution plan is approved. President Doug Parks makes a statement regarding the Do It For Gavin Facebook group, and some see this group as a threat and that our HOA fees may go up if the boycott of the Matt Ork Company continues. May brings another two closed meetings and a board meeting where the new legal representation is approved. Horn votes against and Daly and Jacobs abstain. Part of the argument for changing the legal representation is that the new firm is local. However, this local is better argument is completely ignored when a month later, the board fires the local election firm and goes to Washington State. One local newspaper did a commentary on the hypocrisy of this decision. Regarding the new election contractor, Horn and Jacob argue against, I make a public comment, and we note that the revisions to MO6 will be done after the fact. The board majority says a drop box might stay with federal expressing the ballots to Washington State. Doug Parks says there's no difference in mail going to Washington State and there's no mention of late ballots. Well, the rules keep changing. And with that, in order to make a public comment, one must be present at the board meetings. Horn makes an argument that this does not make sense because we allow attendance virtually. What is baffling to me about this decision not to allow public comments via hybrid is that the newest elected members of the board majority ran on transparency. They were vocal about including part-timers and working families, hence the Saturday meetings, but then eliminate public comments from the hybrid attendees. However, these same newest board members are often attending meetings hybrid themselves. Ironic? It's no secret that electronic voting and hybrid meetings were a big push by me. I was and am still proud that these got implemented on my time on the board. I was thrilled that we made the investment for hybrid meetings, buying the equipment, having the acoustic tile added in the clubhouse, all for what? It's almost as if this new board majority wants to undo the progress made by the last board. In another sudden announcement on Tuesday, June 6th, John Viola announces that our police chief has given his notice to retire. 
Chief Leo was with the OPA police force for almost 38 years. He was placed on administrative leave on January 1st for apparently something to do with a shed break-in. We will continue to follow this story very closely. Then we have our June meeting. Unfortunately, I was mentioned as Doug Parks abstains from approving me for the Rec and Parks Committee, but I'm approved. In a quick meeting, the board approved some capital requests, the financial policy manual is updated, and there are some first readings of BO8, Director Ethics, and C14, Racket Advisory Committee. As expected, the new changes to MO6, elections, is passed. This board is also talking about outsourcing with the most recent discussion being in June with Stuart Lackernick talking about outsourcing the pools with the Aquatics Committee. So that's what this board majority has done or hasn't done. What does the future hold? Do voters want more of the same or change of direction? Do you want a board that listens to the GM and his operations team? Speaking of the general manager, will this newly elected board make a GM change? Rumors regarding a change are already swirling around with the talk of a new board majority ousting our current and successful GM and bringing back a previous employee. Will this new board continue to see growth and success with our current GM, John Viola? Good question. Or will the words that we have seen, promises made, promises kept, ring true in the near future? Yes, stay tuned as we continue to report more on the 2023 election, the candidates, and the election results. We here at the ROC suggest that all homeowners stay informed. Also, we appreciate all of the questions and comments the ROC is receiving. If you have issues that you want to be heard, you can contact the ROC at info at oceanpinesroc.com. Yes, let's talk. 